You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, everybody, into the Sports Headline Show. Welcome you guys into our number 18th ranked team in our NFL in-depth preseason power rankings. So excited. Let's dive into it as the feed. Warner's not going to talk at all, but I'll just introduce him. Warner, my friend, what's going on? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Let's get into the 18th best team here in the NFL and probably the team that uh, might end up winning the NFC East. Uh, if that gives you guys any hint, um, that team's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Darius Slay, that guy right there, had a big season last year, um, really – Continuing his career as he gets into his 30s as a very good corner in the league. They add James Bradbury. In fact, let's just go right into their additions and departures. Um, you know, they add A.J. Brown, obviously, through a trade during the draft. Bring in Zach Paschal, Hassan Reddick from the Panthers, Kaiser White, James Bradbury, Drew Quiskey, Tart. Very good, I think, additions class for this team. Um, and in a pretty solid draft as well. Um pretty solid they they lose (laughs) they 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 end up losing brandon brooks um i believe he retired retired yeah yeah okay i didn't i wasn't sure if he had a season-long injury that that they let let him go but i think he retired um nate herbig was just a depth guard they've got plenty of depth we'll we'll get into their offensive line um they basically replaced ryan kerrigan and gerald avery with hassan reddick still tremendous depth at the edge spot as well um, they lose Hassan Ridgeway, but they draft Jordan Davis. Um, they lose Alex Singleton, but they bring in Kaiser White. Um, Steven Nelson leaves and Rodney McLeod leaves, but uh, you bring in James Bradbury and Jaquiski Tart. Uh, so I, I think a, a tremendous offseason, both in replacing and also adding, uh, honestly, better talent than, than they lost. Adding better, exactly. And that was the big thing. Um, I, I thought – they had a home run draft. Um, and and really quickly, you were talking about Darius Slay. Darius Slay was a top five corner last year, at least in terms of how he played. I think right now he's not top five, if that makes sense. But he played like one last season. Um, and there's also just in a normal amount of elite corners. But he was a shutdown. I'm going to take this side of the field away from the quarterback type of corner last season. And now you're adding in James Bradbury into the mix. Um, kudos to Howie Roseman for having an incredible offseason and really building a championship. This is a championship contending roster if Jalen Hurts, and we'll talk about Jalen Hurts yep, in just a second. The X factor on if, this Jay, if Jalen Hurts, and I think the Eagles have set themselves up really, really nicely here. This is a championship roster. If Jalen Hurts takes another step, which I think he will because if you we'll talk about Jalen Hurts, but I he think he will steady progression from Alabama from all Alabama the way to three or four, whatever in the NFL. Exactly. Um so I think he will, but if he continues to make positive steps and becomes a good starting quarterback, this team very should very easily win the NFC East. And you're putting them as long as Jalen Hurts turns into a good starting quarterback, you're putting this team up there I would say with the Tampa Bay's, with the Rams, with Green Bay, I think they're a little bit below those teams, but they're in that tier if Jalen Hurts becomes a starting caliber quarterback. 
Um, and then also, um, if Jalen Hurts is not that in next season, next season, um, going into the draft, they have the assets to where they can very easily trade mm-hmm. up in the draft mm-hmm. and go get Bryce Young, go get uh, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, or get one of the, the other quarterbacks. This is always a quarterback that comes out of the blue. Um, but Real I mean, quickly, as, you- as just a preview to the quarterback room, we'll get more into this in a second. But uh, Jalen Hurts, as you guys can tell, we think he's a below-average quarterback, and I think that's a, a very – that's not a hot take there. Um, I think a lot of a lot of uh, analysts agree that Jalen Hurts is not an above-average quarterback quite yet, uh, but he certainly has all the potential to. Um, you know, he, he's got the added legs. It's really the, – the, the question isn't his, his athleticism or the, his potential of, um, you know, being a dynamic um, – player and in, in mover both in and out of the pocket. But uh, the question is, is mental and, and, and with the, the arm talent side of the ball. So um, I think that's, that's where we get to it. But as you can tell, if he becomes that top 12 or so quarterback, top 15 quarterback, I, I, I really like the Eagles chances, as you mentioned. Yeah. So um, I, I think the Eagles do a Howie Roseman's Donnie. He's really put them in a, a nice spot here. And then if you look at the draft again, uh, Jordan Davis at 113. I know a lot of people criticize the pick. I actually don't hate it, especially because you, you trade your other first round pick to go get AJ Brown. You go get another weapon. Uh, Jordan Davis is a mauler. Uh, mm-hmm. who does you're a- you're going to have to replace Fletcher Cox pretty soon. Yeah. And maybe Fletcher oh, Cox can, can, can help him out and get some of his uh, pass rush tools refined and things of that nature. So, uh, you're hoping that Fletcher can help out with that because I do think he's a raw pass protector. I mean, pass rusher, excuse me. Um, and then Camp Jurgens is a stud. Um, it, it's it's insane what this team is uh, able to do with offensive linemen. This team, and along with Green Bay, they just push out offensive tackle. I mean, not offensive, well, offensive linemen in general. They, in general they, yeah. they, they, they push them out like it's nobody's business. They they just replace them and they find them on the street almost. And there they turn them into quality players. Um, also, and then um, this is the last year of Vernon Hargrave's contract as well. Yeah. So, um, or sorry, Javon Hargrave. Dang. Not the corner. The DJ. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I really do like that pick a lot. And Kobe Dean in the third round, I was screaming for a team to take him in the second round. They got him in the third round. Um, it just, insane value there um i, I love nicobe d i don't know how much he plays year one um because i because yeah, you got kaiser yeah you got kaiser white you got tj edwards um so the linebackers aren't you know you, they're good for them um so i don't know how he fits year one um and then he gets some good depth pieces but all in all, I love their draft. I love their offseason in general. But let's talk about the coaching here, which I think does bring this team down a little bit along with the quarterback mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Nick Sirianni is getting a break 23rd here uh, for coaching and scheme. The, the Eagles in general offensively are going to rank 18th in the NFL. Uh, they're going to be running more of this modern pro spread offense again. Very similar to what, they, uh, what a lot of teams run, actually. He's coming from Frank Wright. He's a Frank Wright disciple if you will um that came out weird but you get what i'm saying um running this quick they're gonna run a lot of quick game stuff offensively with their passing game 
Um, I, I do think he did a really good job, actually, scheming things open for Miles Sanders in their athletic room of running backs. The problem is uh, he did not like Miles Sanders enough to give him a, a red zone touch. It was like they get down inside the 15, and Miles Sanders goes, uh, you have to put out an APB for him. Um, so outside of that, I think like having him as a running back in fantasy last year. That yeah. Was yeah. Um, so all in all, I, I think he's fine. I think he's a fine uh, coach, but I think with, you'll see when we get to the defensive coaching as well later on. I just think that this whole coaching staff is very much unproven, especially when you look at the play callers. I think they're incredibly unproven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But again, though, I give credit to guys like Jeff Stoutland, um, I believe he's a run game coordinator as well as the offensive line coach who's been there for nine seasons now. Obviously a big part to why this Philadelphia Eagles squad um, just shoves out offensive linemen studs like it's nothing. Um, so uh, credit to him um, and Sirianni. And they got Shane Steichen as well. I have some uh, bad memories from him and Anthony and Lynn. But um, I-, I think this is a growing coaching staff. I think Nick Sirianni gets a better rhythm and things of that nature and uh, just continues his growth, I uh, suppose, as a play caller. Uh, Warner, what are your thoughts on Nick Sirianni and this coaching staff? Yeah, um, obviously there's a lot of hilarious impressions about Nick Sirianni and his voice and how he conducts himself in self and interviews, um, et cetera. But, um, you know, I, I think he's done a, a fine job up, up till this point. Uh, as you said, the Frank Reich disciple, we all thought that he he came over because, uh, you know, Carson Wentz hadn't been traded yet. Oh, you know, brings Frank Reich back. Carson was at his best form with Frank Reich, but then they end up trading him. And so you're like, so what was the point of the hire? Well, Nick Sirianni has, um, you know, he hasn't stunted Jalen Hurts' growth as far as we know. Uh, Hurts has continued to get better and better year by year. Um, He hasn't impacted the team negatively, at least, um, throughout free agency or or, or something like that, where a player just does not want to go and be coached by uh, Nick Sirianni. I don't really think he's impacted them negatively. Um, and, and I think he's brought some positive things as well. As you mentioned with the running backs and the running game, they don't have the most uber athletic running back room. Miles Sanders is really athletic, but I mean, they, they Boston Scott plays a significant role and um, is, is serviceable in that role. And he's, he's just, he's just not, not all that much of an athlete there. I mean, he's averaging well over four yards to carry for him at about 80, 90 carries a year, he's become a pretty solid player as a rotational running back for him. And I think that's a lot to do with um, their offensive line, but also Nick Sirianni using that offensive line and scheming up players effectively. Um, and now that now that Devonta Smith is in town and A.J. Brown as well, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Sirianni can do. I, I do – I think I, it's safe to say I've got my faith in – and Nick Sirianni that he can he can perform well. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a bust of a head coach that gets fired in the next two years. Jeez, you know, the, don't hope that. Uh, but, yeah, let's now dive into this uh, quarterback room. Quarterback obviously being a, a big reason why this team is uh, ranked this low. And let's talk about it. Jalen Hurts is going to rank uh, 20th in the NFL here. Um, Warner, what are your thoughts about Hurts? I know you have some thoughts on him before I dive into him. Yeah, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he is probably the third, maybe the fourth now with the addition of Malik Willis. 
most athletic and dynamic quarterback as a runner in the NFL. Um, he's just, he's that much of an athlete. He's got speed. He's got, honestly, he's got some power to him. He's got good contact balance, shrugging off poor tackles, arm tackles, lunging attempts at him. You know, he's not going to crumble at the slightest touch from a DB. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's, that's both to his advantage and his detriment. He's going to stay in there for some big hits, but I don't think you have to be worried about that with, with Jalen Hurts. He's what, 26 years old, maybe, um, around there. He's still a young guy. Um, spry guy. He is, he's a fine quarterback, uh, for him. The question is with his, his passing ability, um, you know, getting through his reads, getting through all of his reads before he escapes in a clean pocket, getting through all of his reads before he escapes, um, or, or some of the throws he makes. He doesn't have that top tier arm strength zip on the ball. Now he's not a, uh, uh, 2020 Drew Brees, um, but he he doesn't he lacks that top quality arm talent like a guy that I just compared him to uh, running wise Malik Willis has um, or even Kyler Murray has uh, so that that holds him back a little bit but it's it's nothing to where you can't effectively have any vertical passing game uh, with Jalen Hurts the main problem is again that mental side of the ball getting through all his reads in the the decision making especially when it comes to do I run here or do I hang in the pocket do I um, run here or do I, you know, skirt out of the pocket, stay behind the line and continue to look downfield. And then also some of his, uh, he's shown some accuracy, uh, accuracy issues, but in the end, I wouldn't be concerned with all that. You can, you, that's, that's probably the easiest thing you can, you can fix is, is accuracy with the quarterback. Um, you know, you just throw up a whole bunch of nets. You take extra reps after practice of receiving wise. We've seen some quarterbacks, just not be able to figure out the mental side of the game whatsoever. And, and um, that, that just kills their career. And, you know, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that guy. I think he can, he's, he's gotten a whole lot better at it. I mean, he was primarily a runner before um, I think what he got hurt or benched and Tua came in at Alabama. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. He came Lincoln Riley, baby. Lincoln <laughs> Riley. Um, and, and uh, has just continued to get better throughout the NFL. And, and so, Again, I think he can fix these, but it's not going to be a day one click where he's a top 15, top 14 quarterback in that tier with guys like Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I Derek think at Carr. his peak, he could be slightly better than Dak Prescott simply because of his running ability. Like if he's a comparable passer to Dak and can run this the same way, like he doesn't, I, I don't know, have a have some nagging injury to his quad or something so he can't move as fast. If that doesn't happen, he the, the Eagles – are I think almost certainly winning this division and could could uh, get a playoff win as well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, with, with Jalen Hurts, like you mentioned, there is ever since Alabama, there's been positive growth every single year um, from the year he got benched by two. And, he, and, and with Jalen Hurts, you, you know, at the very least, even if he does not play well, I think he'll always have a job because it has been very much proven that he is a class act and, and really a pro's pro, because how many guys could you realistically say and it tell, hey, I, I, like a 20-year-old kid, hey, uh, Jalen, we're benching you for this other guy. Um, hey. you're, you're, you're more than welcome to leave. Time, it's Minchumania we're, time. We're, we're, we're more than, you're more than welcome to leave and transfer. He sticked around for another season in Alabama. Granted, I think they won the, the national title. No, 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 no. The – uh. The year he was that the they lost to Clemson was that 
No. I, I my timeline's all messed up. But the point still remains. Like he stayed around enough the whole season. Um it might have been the year they beat Clemson. Might have been the year they beat Clemson. So um, um 2018, yeah, he got 50. <laughs> he had 70 attempts uh, in 2015 uh, in that 2018 Alabama team uh, that went 14 and one um, and uh, finished. Yeah, they lost in the title game. Oh, they did? Yeah, um, they beat Oklahoma, but they lost the 44 16 against Clemson. Uh, ah, that's t- right. Yeah, that was the year we thought Trevor Lawrence was a god. Um, <laughs> but, but no, like, I don't know how many guys you get convinced to stick around. And, and and say, you know what, I'm going to stay. Um, and, and again, ever since then, went to Oklahoma, had a phenomenal season, could have won Heisman Trophy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then he comes to the NFL, and every single year since he's been in the NFL, he's been better. He stole the job from Carson Wentz. He, he made them trade Carson Wentz. And then last season... He, he played well enough to get this team into the playoffs. And I think with Jalen Hurts, um, you talked about his physicality as a runner. I'll get to that in just a second. I think he does a great job, especially, you know, when you get past midfield. He has great ball placement when attacking the sidelines. It's, it's a game, uh, it's a couple of plays specifically against Denver, where the, he had a, a back shoulder throw, I believe, to Devonta Smith for a touchdown, which he put that ball only where Devonta Smith could grab it. Granted, it's Devonta Smith, so, like, you put the ball anywhere near him, he's probably going to go catch it. Uh, but but still, I, I think he does do that well. And then he talked about his physicality as a runner. When we were doing our, our draft stuff, Warner, you know, remember, uh, remember Matt Corral. I compare Matt Corral's physicality as a runner to a guy like a Jalen Hurts, even though yeah, Matt Corral's yeah. on his team. But Jalen Hurts, he has the speed and quickness, but he has, he has that physicality to him as well to where he's not going to just go down like you mentioned after a breeze from a from a a defender right you're going to have to go tackle Jalen Hurts which like you mentioned is a positive but could be a negative as well Uh, but I I do like that about Jalen Hurts and I I think he has the it factor I I really do think he's going to continue taking positive steps this season and part of it is because I want to root for the guy so I really do do hope he does Uh, in this quarterback room as well some guys worth mentioning Gardner Minshew Carson Strong, just a, I mean, he literally is his last name, just a strong arm quarterback who's had some knee concerns. Um, yeah, Warner this, did it. This, the strong part applies waist up, I think, uh, with Carson waist Strong. Up, waist up, waist up, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to say, I was looking at some of the numbers. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, obviously played 14 games, completed 70% of his passes, 3,800 yards, 32 touchdowns and eight picks, get drafted by the Eagles in, what, the second round, I believe. Um, in uh, 2020 was his rookie year. The uh, Carson Wentz for that 2020 Eagles team got benched after their 12th game, um, going three eight and one in those 12 games, only completing 57 percent of his passes, throwing 16 touchdowns, and still managing to lead the league in interceptions with 15. Jalen Hurts comes in. Um, they only go one in three. Jalen Hurts wasn't spectacular by any means. Six touchdowns to four picks. Um, but then the next year, in 2021, obviously, they go 8-7. and seven. He throws for just over 3,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 picks. We're seeing that progression. Um, and, and I just I, – I don't know. I thought that was funny. Carson Wentz was really – like, he wasn't, he wasn't a bad quarterback in, like, 14 of the games for the Colts last year. But uh, now he was, like, the bottom two quarterback in the other games for the Colts. But he was absolutely terrible with the Eagles. I was, I was going to make a point on that. 
on um on the whole Jalen Hurts stealing job from him. But really, Car- you had to replace Carson Wentz in that situation. He was really bad. Um, but yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. I think that just wraps up this quarterback group. We spent a lot of time talking about this quarterback group and this coaching scheme. So let's spend even more time. Let's talk about this receiving room here that is really freaking good. It was so good, actually. We accidentally misplaced their grade in ranking. Uh, it was like in the teens. It's like, no way this is true. So I had to go in and, and, and fix it on a graphic. But we're going to rank sixth in the NFL. Um, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. It, and I'll talk about... A.J. Brown is just a very physical at-the-line scrimmage receiver who's great after the catch, um, who, who is not a, a terrible route runner, but you got the separator in the route running machine in Devonta Smith on the other side um, who, who's just going to win his one-on-one, is going to break his, his man down and get open for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, AJ yeah. Brown is AJ Brown's that you know he he's not the quick receiver, the quick twitchy guy. He's quick, he's twitchy, he's an NFL athlete, right? But Devonta Smith kind of takes that to another level. Uh, AJ Brown's your like if you need three yards, uh, or you need it's it's a third and seven, too far to run, crunch time, you know, say like three minutes and a running clock in the fourth quarter. You've got two really good receivers that can separate on a slant. And um, they they they're like thunder and lightning with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. <laughs> really good hands for both of them. They can both you know stretch the field vertically. Devonta Smith obviously is your primary vertical receiver. Um, that's the outside of I guess Quez Watkins and Jalen Rieger if he can catch a ball. Devon, Devin Allen as well um, had a big preseason touchdown. But those two are really going to complement each other well, and um, are, are are just really good at separating. And especially you know you can throw AJ Brown on a if you if you look at that if you look at like a concept that Seattle ran a lot, uh, Ole Miss teammate DK Metcalf was on the deep crosser, and then Tyler Lockett would run that post corner, that post or the corner or, or the corner post, some semblance of a post or a corner route. I would love to see Devonta Smith in that role and and AJ Brown just thundering across the middle, knocking over safeties and catching balls in traffic and then taking it the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, really, really quickly, this running back room as well, in terms of pass catching, is one of the best in football. We have Miles Sanders listed, but Kenneth Gainwell is probably the better uh, receiving back here. And I really do hope that Nick Sirianni gets creative with how he uses a guy like Kenneth Gainwell, uh, who is uh, one of the better route running running backs in football that has dynamic speed that can get out in space and make a guy miss it in coverage. you have Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal. You have some really, really good depth as well. Um, Zach Pascal is, is a guy who – a boundary receiver if somebody were to get hurt. I, and I, I do think Jalen Hurts and Quez Watkins have great uh, chemistry that, you know, that he could really be of help as well. Uh, Dallas Goddard is one of the more underrated pass-catching tight ends in football. Uh, definitely top 10. And, and um, it, he's allowed the Eagles – to, to trade Zach Ertz, he was that good for them. The Eagles said, okay, you know what? This being a detriment to us, we need to be playing this guy more and starting him. And, and he's been one of the better pass-catching tight ends. It, it's unfortunate because I think in the NFL, it is you have the top eight or so tight ends in football, and it's a massive drop-off. If you have one of those top eight tight ends, I think Dallas Goddard is in that tier. It's really um, a plus to your offense. It's really a plus to your offense. And, to your and, point, everybody wants that really attractive, athletic, dominant tight end, the Kyle Pitts is, the um, 
Travis Kelsey's, the Darren Wallers is a, is a great example. But, um, you know, Dallas Goddard, he may not be that uber-athletic guy, but he's a really good blocker. He's got really good hands. He runs crisp routes. He wins one-on-ones against linebackers and, honestly, safeties. Um, so, you know, you can easily get a mismatch with him being on the inside, being a tight end closer to the formation. He's going to get picked up by linebackers and safeties more. You're not just going to throw a corner on him. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, that that really makes Dallas Goddard, again, a plus to this team. And, and really, I think really good run blocking, too. If you you can, Zach Pascal's a tremendous run blocker for wide receiver. Dallas Goddard's a really good run blocker. Devonta Smith, for his small stature, solid run blocker. Oh, um, AJ, AJ Brown, um, good run blocker. Uh, so and- I, I really like the, the diversity of skill sets, honestly, in this. Uh, the ability to impact both the receiving game but also the running game. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately for Devonta Smith, if, if uh, Jamar Chase didn't exist in his quarterback, his wide receiver class, he was very clearly oh, the, the, well, not only rookie of the year, but he was also very clearly the best receiver coming out, not named, in, in my yeah. eyes anyway, not named uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, again, just the route running and separation ability he has. He has one of the smoothest releases that I've seen sure. in recent memory out of draft prospects. Um, and now, and we'll talk about this O-line as well. What Again, kudos to Howie Roseman. I think what they're doing as well, again, going back to the Jalen Hurts point, they are making this like, okay, we are bad is because Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. This yeah. is, we are giving Jalen Hurts everything to succeed. I think that's also part of the reason why he is going to do well this year. Warren, you want uh, to say anything else? Yeah. Um, you know, I just want to admire real quick all of the, the people who – had Jamar Chase not as their wide receiver one because he didn't play. Um, I just, I just, and, and you know, oh, the drop concerns in the preseason, he can't adjust to the college ball. What a bad take that was. He had what, like 1,500 yards last year? <laughs> Something stupid like that. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, let's talk about this offensive line. And uh, if you guys did not believe us, this team puts out crazy offensive linemen like it's nobody's business, but I teased you all. Let's go to the running backs. Let's talk <laughs> running back first. Um, running backs going to rank 16th. I think you guys, I think the Eagles have a very well-rounded running back crew. Miles Sanders is a great, I'll, honestly, he could be a, a three-down back, but I think you love Kenneth Gainwell. Boston's not too much. He doesn't have to be exactly. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, should be the third-down back. I think he's a decent enough runner of the football but again, just a crisp route runner out of the backfield who makes guys miss, who has legit speed as well. Um, I'd love to see Nick Sirianni get really creative with Kenneth Gainwell. And then again, like you mentioned, Boston Scott, he's on my dynasty team. Um, so I mean, not, not that that means much. But um, no, I, I do think, again, you have a really well-rounded running back room. You have three backs, I think. Honestly, if you had to play any of these backs on third down, I think you're fine. If you had to play any of these backs in the red zone, I think you're fine as well to actually run the football. I think you're fine. So a great room here. And then obviously as well, Jalen Hurts is, is definitely going to impact your, your running room as well. Um, I, I really do like it. And uh, Warner, what, what are your thoughts on, on the group of running backs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this honestly is, aside from Jalen Hurts and his own, uh, the flaws he has, um, <laughs> this running back room might be the weakness of, of the team. I mean, their receivers are so good. Their offensive line is so good. You add Jalen Hurts to Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. I mean, 
it's a really good running back room. Again, a diversity of skill sets. You've got Miles Sanders, who's a really good receiver, but as you mentioned, Kenneth Gainwell is a stud as well. Then you can have Miles Sanders and, and Boston Scott as his relief pitcher there. You have guys, you have Miles Sanders who can be that primary back, be that every down back, but if you have any injury concerns, if he gets banged up, you can rely on the Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott kind of relief pitcher, or even if they have to start a game, you can kind of go, uh, you know, MLB has a platoon role. Uh, where you'll take an outfielder or an infielder who's not especially good against both righties and lefties or doesn't have an especially great glove or something, uh, you know, a corner outfielder. And and you'll say, listen, you're really good against lefties. You're really good against hitting righties. We'll, we'll have you bat when there's a lefty on the mound starting and we'll have you bat when there's a right-handed starter. And uh, you can kind of do the same same type thing with Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and Miles Sanders. As as those relief pitchers to um, to to Miles Sanders when uh, you know the the down and distance determines it. Um, you know, do, do you is it a running down? Most likely going Boston Scott. Is it a passing down? Most likely, most likely Kennedy Gainwell. If you really want to throw a defense for a twist, you have those guys be explicitly uh, running and passing down backs. Come fourth quarter, maybe give Kenneth Gainwell a little draw play. See what happens. Never know. There we go. Let's talk about this offensive line room here that they just absolutely push out dudes. It's insane. You're going to lose a Hall of Famer in Jason Kelsey, if not this season, but next season, and they're going to be okay. How many teams could you realistically say, maybe outside of Green Bay, arguably the Colts at this point, Green Bay, the Colts, and maybe Philly, can you say – we're going to lose a Hall of Famer on the offensive line, and we're going to be completely okay. You can't say that for almost any team except this Philadelphia Eagles team that's going to rank first. We have our very first team that's going to rank first in any category here. So welcome into that part of the power rankings. We have them listed as gold. They get a golden uh, star. Not, that's not a star. That's a, a highlight. God, gosh darn, Sean. But let's talk about it. Uh, the Jordan My, Maeda, I believe I pronounced that right, as your starting left tackle, Maeda, oh, oh, geez, yeah, never mind. I, I was, I was, Ken, yeah, Kenta Maeda, M A E D A, right? <laughs> Landon, you know this. Landon Dickerson as your uh, left guard, just a stud. Um, who who isn't the quickest guy, but I, I think he is a, a stud. Uh, who who really does a great job of getting into that second level and is a really good and up and up and coming. Uh, and here's, a, here's a great thing. You you said Jason Kelsey, obviously future Hall of Famer, is going to end up leaving. Um, I'm not, you know, he he honestly could come back probably for another year after this. He looked great last year, looked really in shape. But Landon Dickerson was a center at Alabama. They drafted Cam Jerkins, who's a center as well. They've got two guys who could slide into that center role. Uh, you're probably going to see. I, I honestly say Dickerson probably slide over. He has more experience. Have Cam Jerkins slide into the left guard. That gives you both added flexibility when once Kelsey retires, but also added flexibility in terms of free agency because Dickerson's going to hit before Cam Jurgens does. Um, so, do you want to bring back Dickerson? Do you feel confident with Cam Jurgens? Maybe you want to trade one of them, uh, or even just keep them side by side and uh, you know experiment with an Isaac Sumaleo. This team, I mean, you have Andre Dillard. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but he's he could start as a tackle in the league somewhere. I mean, almost every team that we've done before this, for, before the Eagles, 
The other, what, 12, 14, 13, some odd teams. Can't do math right now. They could probably use Andre Dillard as a starting tackle on their line, whether it's left or right tackle. And he's being a backup right now for the Eagles. He, he's literally just depth for the Eagles right now because yeah. you have Lane Johnson on the right side, who's just been the most solid and I mean honestly, not even solid, so all of this is doing him justice. Lane Johnson has been elite for like the he's past decade. He's been, yeah. He's he's not just one of those go- tackles that are elite in, in one facet. He is one of the best blo- uh, pass protecting right tackles and run blocking right tackles as well. Isaac Su- Sumalu, did I get that right? Sumo, uh, Sum- yeah, Sumalu probably. Yeah. I mean, it, he's he's probably your, your worst uh, offensive lineman at right guard. It's not like he's bad, but even for some reason you're, you're like, eh, he's, he's, not, he's not doing it for us. But I think he's good enough in pass pro to where you probably still have to start him. You have Suel Peta. You have Cam Jurgens. Jer- you just you just drafted Even Jack Anderson. Exactly, but I, I think obviously we'd rather not be Jack Anderson. But I mean, you have options. And then again, and this is why I think there are some rumors going around that hey, uh, they, they they might be looking to to trade um, to trade and Andre Dillard. The reason why I, I I really don't think they should. I don't think they will. It's because, like, again, if not, Jack Driscoll is fine as well, PS to play. But if Jordan goes down, Elaine Johnson, they, they've, they've kind of been, you know, have some injury issues. Like, if they go down, you have a replacement. You have you have a legit start. You have two starting tackles in the National Football League as depth. Like, that is ridiculous. Jason Kelsey, he goes down. Move Layden Dickinson over to, to center. And you can throw in either Suo Opeta or Cam Jurgens at left guard. This, this team, unless literally every single player on this offensive line goes down, if somebody goes down, they, they are they are okay. If, if if somebody Warner, if how many teams could lose their All Pro right tackle for a few weeks? You're like, oh, okay, it's just another it's just another day. We, we got just we got Green Bay. <laughs> I mean, just Green Bay. Last just Green season. Bay. Literally. Just Green Bay. Literally. So uh, th- this team man, is set. Um, just kudos. And I love the way t- Howie Roseman definitely had his fails. But one thing you can't say he's failed on is his offensive line. Um, yeah. what, what he's been able to do, what, what their front office been able to do, scouting offensive linemen prospects. And, and really, imagine and really, if this team took Justin Jefferson instead of Jalen Rieger. Oh. I mean, they first of all, they wouldn't have traded for A.J. Brown. They'd have J.J. Devonta Smith combo, and uh, they still have an extra first. And they pick. still have another first round pick. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. But um, and then also again, give massive credit as well to Jeff Stoutland, who's been here. I think he's entering year nine as a part of this offensive line staff. Give him all the kudos in the world, man. What what he's been able to do developing a lot of these offensive linemen, and give Howie Roseman in the front office credit as well for devoting assets to really bulking up this offensive line as well. We spent 35 minutes talking about the offense, so let's wind it down on the yeah, offense. Uh, offensive strengths and weaknesses, dynamic playmakers. You have, I think you look, if you combine the running back room and the receiving room, you have Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, depth upon depth upon depth, which is another strength. Um, you have depth everywhere on this team, even in quarterback. Like if Jalen Hurts has missed a week, guard him <laughs> issue. Uh, Miles Sanders. You literally you have, have starting experience. <laughs> You, you you have depth everywhere. Um, you have a quarterback trending up. We do feel confident that Jalen Hurts could have another 
positive season where he's making steps in the right direction. Uh, we, we should have put offensive line like 10 times because we spent like nearly, I want to say 15 minutes talking about it. Uh, not 15, but you get the point. But uh, this offensive line is elite. Um, elite still doesn't do it justice. Uh, great depth, obviously. Jalen Hurts is probably the only weakness. And again, even though we do think he's trending upwards, uh, he does have his weaknesses that if you can't overcome, it's definitely going to bring this offense down. But now let's dive into the defense here, which we are optimistic about, but I think we're less optimistic about the coaching with Jonathan uh, Gannon. It's going to rank 25th, again, coming from uh, the Colts with Nick Sirianni, uh, running the uh, the Matt Eberflus scheme, where it's a lot of cover two, a 4-2 zone-heavy scheme. They're going to be running a bunch of cover two and things of that nature. Um, I just don't think he's he, he did that good of a job last season. I think, honestly, the talent really helped him out a lot. He's not terrible, but um, I, I don't think he's a good play caller defensively as well. Warner, what do you, do you have any added on thoughts about Jonathan Gannon? You know, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with the four two five. A lot of teams are running it. Um, it it's a, it's a fine scheme. The, the scheme itself is not. It would not be the problem if this defense crumbles. Um, also, mm-hmm. I, I do want to say a little little sneak peek uh, behind the scenes while doing this graphic. Um, Sean, who puts together the coaching staff, Tr- Tracy Ro- uh, Rocker is their only D line coach. They don't have an assistant D line coach. Well, no, because they have two uh, two gentlemen by the name of Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, um, who are probably above seventy years old in their combined age. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so they they don't need that that uh, D line coach. As we get on though to the pass rush, t- again depth upon depth upon depth. Um, at the edge, Hassan Reddick, Josh Freaking, Sweat, your day one starters still have Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is depth, or, or like, yeah, or like he, he's a rotational pass rusher at this point, yeah. And and this pass, our, our pass rush graphic takes into account like when 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 Sean puts the four two five when they're in nickel defense, these four are probably going to be the four you see. You can slide Jordan Davis in there if you really need to, you can slide Brandon Graham in there if you really need to. They've got so many options. You know, fatigue should not be a problem for this, for this defense uh, defensive line and front seven in general. No, it, it should not. Uh, I honestly feel like 20th isn't even doing them justice. That's a botch on our end, I suppose. But um, when, when you look at this pass rush room here, um, again, fatigue should not be an issue whatsoever. You have just the speedy guys on the edge. Now, Hassan Reddick is the definition of, no pressure, all production. Like I'm gonna get ten sacks with like 25 pressures this season. Um, I think I think that's honestly what ends up bringing them down because if you look at it, Hassan Reddick is not breathing down the quarterback's neck every play. Fletcher Cox uh, probably is, but Javon Hargrave again is not a number one pass rusher. He's a good interior number two. Josh Sweat is a fine edge piece. Um, but you know, you, they, they kind of lack that number one edge rusher and with Fletcher Cox's age, uh, and injury concerns, I think that drags them down, but still an above average pass rush. There's just so many great pass rushes in the, in the NFL right now. So many great pass rushers that they end up ranking 20th. Yeah. But, um, again, I, I really do love this room a lot. Um, and Jordan Davis, he'll make more of an impact in the run game. But uh, this room is, is elite, uh, not elite, good, good God. Um, it, it is a really well-rounded pass rush room here that I think is only going to get better. 
uh, going into like future seasons. But I, I do like this room a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox on the inside are just pro- – that might be like pound for pound. Unless I'm missing somebody. That might be the best interior duo that any team could put out there. Um, I think it depends on uh, who's the who's the other Georgia D tackle. Uh, not Jordan Davis, but um, I'm blanking. Green Bay's first round pick that wasn't Quay Walker. Oh <laughs> no, Philly is better. Oh, they double they double dipped Georgia in the first round. I just realized that. I don't know why Devontae Wyatt though. I think yeah, it depends on how good you think Devontae Wyatt will be uh, next to him, Kenny Clark, but. Pass rush wise, Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. And let's move on to talk about this secondary here. It's gonna rank tenth in football. Ooh, maybe the football team, the Commanders. Sorry, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Allen. And Allen and That's a good duo too. That is. But Darius Slay again. I, I mentioned earlier in terms of just lockdown cover corners. Last season, he was a top five corner in football. Uh, analytically, like if you look at PFF, that it it, it, it says that. And uh, if you just watch the tape, it says that as well. Um, I will say, don't put all your faith in PFF. Especially no, 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 don't. Secondary. Don't. Yeah. Um, because PFF does not always know the coverages, uh, the ins and outs, who's got what, what stunt they're going, what feint they're going with. So, um, yes. The sure. pass rush, it's it's good. Obviously, a pressure is a pressure. Um, but pressure some, of the, some of the coverage stuff, they can lack out on. But it's a good benchmark. Combining that with film, Darius Slay, top five corner last year. I got no problem with you saying that. And then you bring in James Bradbury, because I think that was a legitimate concern last season, was <clears throat> they didn't really have a, a surefire number two. Steve Nelson was fine. But, I mean, you go get a stud in James Bradbury, who, if we're being honest, he didn't have the best season last year, but he's still a really good corner. And they honestly let him go because they so badly mismanaged the cap um, yeah. that they – had to let go a really really good corner uh avante maddox is really a really really good slot corner um so if you look at their corners i i think you love them a lot um your safeties is the weakness of this pass coverage unit in general um anthony harris marcus epps um jacquiski Harris is second safety he's no number one safeties and marcus epps all, all these guys are in the run game um so but I, I think you can get away with having those safeties when you have Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and a very good starter in Avante Maddox as well. Um, yeah. You know, nobody J- – Darius Slay, stud. Obviously, we, we, we went over him. James B- Bradbury, uh, an upper, upper echelon uh, type corner. I'd say a, a mid corner one, uh, mid to low CB1 there. And then Avante Maddox is just a good quality um, starting – slot corner you can kind of slack off in term uh, with with your safety room when you have those three guys as your starters yeah so um i i i do think that and then in, in your safety i mean linebacker room i think we'll talk about them a little bit more with uh your when we get to uh linebacker um uh, in the uh, run defense here excuse me but your linebackers you have two really athletic linebackers kaiser white had a breakout season and I, as the Chargers fan, I'm not going to lie to you, Warner. I was pissed that we didn't bring him back, not because linebacker is the most important thing for a Brandon Staley defense, but it's because of yeah, what I'll Philly – I'll say that's Brandon Staley. We talked about the Eagles turning out linemen. Brandon Staley in that defense 
uh, just churns out quality linebackers. Quality linebackers. So it doesn't really matter. But for what they paid him, like he, he got like a $4 million deal for one year. I'm like, hell, bring him back. Bring him back. But they didn't. Um, moving, it, honestly, he probably, the Chargers probably offered him um, you know, a one-year deal, maybe a prove-it deal, because he hasn't shown nearly any of that in the past. So he gets that prove-it deal looking for a bigger payday. Maybe the Chargers offered him a longer contract for maybe five or six million, but he didn't want that because he thinks he can be a 12, 15, 16 million dollar linebacker after a really good year with the Eagles. Yeah, and he had a really good year with us last season. Um, honestly, and this might sound crazy, but I'm really trying to. I'm, I'm putting over uh, Kaiser White, not named Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, and maybe Asante Samuel. Kaiser White. I, I actually, I would probably say uh, take out Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, Kaiser White yeah. was our third best defensive player last year. Granted, like it was pretty much Derwin James and Joey Bosa, and then everybody else. But like th- that still gets mm-hmm. over the point that. Kaiser White was phenomenal last season. I think he really got better in coverage as well. A really solid tackler with great, with really good zone instincts. I think he'll help a lot in this scheme. TJ Edwards is fine. He'll definitely make more of an impact as that instinctive run defender as a linebacker. But still, but, as your second linebacker, I mean, sure. TJ Edwards does everything you need in pass defense from a second linebacker. Exactly. Then you have N'Kobe Dean as well, who I think he will be better in this department. If TJ Edwards has to miss a week or two, or Kaiser White needs a breather, I think N'Kobe Dean could definitely come in and be serviceable as well. And uh, that could kind of segue into the run defense here, which I think a lot of these guys, the linebackers, will make more of an effort at. Uh, TJ Edwards specifically, he is a stud mm-hmm. as a linebacker in this department. Um, your front four is just, you, you can so much interchange this front four. Um, instead of instead of Hassan Reddick, you could go either Derek Barnett or Brandon Graham uh, instead of Josh Sweat. Honestly, you you could just do whatever lineup you want out there. Uh, Javon Hargrave definitely does not impact the, the run defense as much as he would um, pass protecting, uh, pass rushing, excuse me. Um, so, like, Jordan Davis, year one is going to come out there and be a freak up front. And immediately fills the hole of Javon Hargrave. Um, you know, he, he really complements his skill set. We talked about that a lot with the offense, uh, complementing skill sets. Jordan Davis, really good run defender already day one, has to work on the pass rush. Well, Javon Hargrave's pretty much the opposite of that. Really good pass rusher, not a great run defender. Um, and, you know, we don't have Hassan Reddick on there in this in this graphic as edge depth. There's just an overlook. But really good pass rusher, not a very good run defender, but that's where you got a guy like Derek Barnett to slide in. Um, who kind of fills that hole of a of a Brennan Graham or a Hassan Reddick as a as a primary run defending it? Exactly, and again, I, I think you'd rather say Brandon Graham for um, third down pass rushing scenarios, but he could definitely fill in as a, a first and second down run defender. I do think he's a little bit better than Josh Sweat in this department. Uh, again, T.J. Edwards a stud, and like you mentioned, Marcus Epps definitely going to help out a lot more as a uh, run defending safety than he I would say the corner, the corners on this team. Um, you know, we made a note on the Colts last year, really good run defending secondary. The corners on this team, not great at the run defense. So uh, that's, I think the, uh, we talk honestly, again, complimenting skill sets, the corners are going to carry the pass coverage while the safeties and linebackers have to carry the run defense um, for, for the corners. 
Exactly. Um, Warner, anything else about this defense in general before we dive into the strengths and weaknesses? No, I think it's a perfect segue into strengths and weaknesses. It's just a very solid defense. They've got a solid run defense group, a solid pass rush, a really good secondary, and again, amazing depth. I will say, though, aside from the rookies and Nicobe Dean and um, and uh, Jordan Davis, they kind of lack some upside. They've got a lot of aging players. You're looking at Darius Slay. Uh, he's not going to get much better, although, honestly, doesn't have room to get much better. James yeah. Bradbury, you know what he is. Anthony Harris, you know what he is. Um, I'll even say Monte Maddox, you know what he is for the secondary. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek Bryant. Some of these guys, even um, – even, uh, Hassan Reddick and a, and a Jordan Har- uh, Javon Hargrave, sorry, you know what those guys are. So I, I will say, not a lot of room for um, vast improvement aside from, again, their rookies, but um, quality defense, just a really, really solid defense that's going to be able to keep them in games. Don't don't get like if if Jalen Hurts does not have a good game or the offense is just sluggish and slow moving, the defense could end up helping this team win a. 13 to 16 or 17, 13, sorry, 13, 10 or 17, 13 uh, game, like a defensive slugfest. This defense good enough to do that. Exactly. And again, it's really big that Jalen Hurts can have a good year. I think it ties into the defense because like you mentioned, there's not a lot of upside here defensively. If Jalen Hurts has a good year, you go into next season, you don't have to touch the offense whatsoever. AJ Brown's locked up. Devonta Smith locked up on that rookie contract. A lot of your offensive line locked in. Retool the defense. If Brandon Graham's retiring at, at that point, um, then uh, you, you can go out and replace him. You you can really – and I think at some point you will need to add another corner or add to that secondary because I do think – I didn't even argue edge rusher. Um, or another, another edge rusher, exactly. Like a really good stud edge rusher in the first round. You can spend the plethora of draft choices that this team has on that instead of trading up for a quarterback. Fletcher Cox, exactly. by the way, two, two more years left on his contract. His age 32 and 33 seasons. So you've at least got him for another year, assuming no drastic career-altering, career-ending injury happens to him. Not good. So uh, let's wrap things up with the schedule here. And the Eagles, honestly, were one of the more tougher teams and weirder teams to get to a schedule proje- uh, projection for. Their over-under is set at nine and a half. Um, I do not feel confident about that whatsoever. Really quickly, check out their final grade and notes. We're going to rank 18th with a 76.57 grade. Nick Sirianni has a ton to prove. Howie Roseman had a really good offseason. They're going to rank 18th offensively and 13th defensively uh, with the 18th overall grade. I don't think you have to worry about those special teams too, too much either. Um, mm-hmm. But now, final uh, their schedule. Holy cow. Nine and eight. The over-under is nine and a half. Uh, week one against the Lions will win. They'll win week two against the Vikings. They'll split with Washington. They'll beat Jacksonville and the Cardinals, and they'll split with the Cowboys. So they're heading into their bye week at four and two here, which is very pivotal. Uh, you come and out losing. Honestly, likely in first place. I don't quite remember. Uh, I know I know Washington and the Giants did not go four and two in their first six. Um, TBD on the Cowboys there, but probably in first place going into that bye. But then they lose to the Steelers. End up being the Texans and Washington, but then they have the Colts, the Packers, the Titans, back to back to back, throwing a loss with the Giants, and they're right back at 500 there um, at seven and seven, or at, no, they're at six and seven, pardon me. Um, they end up beating the Bears and the Cowboys. 
um, to likely take a lead in that division at eight and eight or at eight and seven, uh, lose to the Saints, but then beat the Giants in week 18 to go nine and eight. And it's going to be a Cowboys Eagles race to the end there. That week 16 game is going to be huge. If the if Jalen Hurts plays, this is by the way, Jalen Hurts is what we know he is right now. Um, yeah. I think you should fall backwards. You saw last year, they beat all the bad teams. You beat all the they bad teams. All the good teams come playoff time. Like they played the Bucks, I believe. It got steamrolled. And by and the way, Nick Sirianni was awful in that game. Yeah, the play was calling was, was was awful. Um, if Jalen Hurts takes a step forward, this team should win eleven games. This team is too talented. This schedule honestly is too easy. Like, um, I I don't think they would like real. If Jalen Hurts takes the next step, I don't think they lose four straight to the Colts, Packers, Giants, Giants. If Jalen Hurts takes the next step, I don't think they lose. They're four probably going to lose two straight to the Colts and Packers, but they could be, be the yeah. Giants. They could be the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they could split that. Whether it's losing two straight to the Colts they and could Packers, they could the seventeen, depending on how good Jameis is and how right, 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 right. Depending which Jameis that's going to be, that's a huge TBD on the quarterback rooms for both teams. Exactly. So, um, uh, it, it's. It's whatever, man. I, I am really, really high on this those Eagles teams team. Are really it, similar. Sorry to interrupt you, but those teams are really similar, actually, roster-wise. Really yeah. good rosters. I think really the Eagles have a better roster. Just a little, a little question mark in the quarterback room. I think the Eagles have a better roster. I think the Saints have the. I think the I don't Saints. Know, the Saints have a better secondary. They've got a better. Not by a lot. Not by a lot, but I do think Marshawn Lattimore is better than Darius Slay. Okay. Um, I, I like um, the, the Eagles have the better offensive line, the better receiving room, but the Saints aren't a slouch at either of those either. I mean, you're looking at Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. Uh, I mean, really comparable rosters, like great one and two receivers, eh, maybe the third receiver, Jarvis Landry, Quez Watkins. We'll see, you know, but um, really similar rosters between those two teams. All right, Honestly, not to get. I think we trust the coaching staff for the Saints a lot more. We trust the coaching Honestly, staff a lot more. We, we're trusting James a little bit more, um, which is why they end up ranking a little bit higher. But um, but um, really anyway, good. guys, thank you guys so so much for tuning into this episode of the Sports Headlines podcast. If you guys are new, please do subscribe over on the YouTube channel at the Sports Headlines Show. And if you're listening on podcasting platforms, please give us a five star rating and review. Warner, the next episode, spoiler: we have a special guest on. It'll be a ton of fun. Uh, diving into the number 17th ranked team. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Sean Davis and Warner Sinkier. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.